It's time for the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast on the Fanatics Network. Superfan Gorilla Luke, I just want to let you guys in on something. I need you guys to please subscribe to Fin Addicts Miami Dolphin Podcast. And please make sure you also subscribe to Fin Addicts Network on YouTube. Good stuff right there. Fin's up, baby. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the fourth quarter podcast with the Fin Addicts Network. Jason Sarney here. I am joined by my Co-hosts, Brian Burns and Drew Welsh. Guys, how you doing? We'll start with you, Drew. I am doing great. Another wonderful day. Love it. Good to hear. Brian, how we doing up in Albany? Dude, I'm doing really well. Obviously, this is our second time on here today, Jason. We got to interview Omar Kelly earlier today. That was pretty cool. I have, I've changed my shirt for this interview because uh, when I got home, my mom pointed out that that shirt that I wore during the Omar Kelly interview was dirty. So... We are freshly changed and ready to go for the new for the new fourth quarter podcast today. Well, I love that, and we'll get the uh, the laundry uh, work a little bit better for the next show. But I'm not going to hold you against that, Bry. And uh, before we jump into the week that was in Dolphin Land, make sure, guys and gals, if you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, anything at all, the Fanatics Network hotline is open for business seven eight six three zero nine seven five five eight. Nobody wears khakis while they answer. That number again, 786-309-7558. So without further ado, let's talk about some of the things uh, that happened in Davie uh, this week at Miami Dolphins training camp. Uh, we had a lot of news coming in with COVID list on and off. Sam McGuavin is now off the list and ready to go. Xavier Howard, cornerback, is practicing but on the list. There's a lot of kind of what's going on with big Xavier and Howard and I know Brian that's a main point of concern for you you love our secondary and I know you're a big proponent of making sure that Xavier and Howard is ready to go so from what we heard from Omar and some of the other great eyes and ears that are actually at camp this week what are your thoughts on Xavier and of course that on and off COVID list situation across the board here yeah, I'm not really sure. Omar kind of confused me because I thought the report was definitely that he came off the COVID-19 list. Uh, he was able to show up at camp on Saturday. Um, he did not participate because he is still in the pup list, but he was there uh, on a bike on the sideline doing some conditioning. Uh, so, but uh, Omar said there was a technicality that, that he's not completely off the list. So we'll see. The whole COVID thing seems to be a, a really crazy thing day in the NFL with so many teams have false positives and I think Minnesota is going to practice now with 60 players because 20 of them were you know got tested so a lot of craziness there but currently you know according to what I'm reading it looks like the Dolphins have zero players um they didn't they did not practice today but they have zero players on the COVID list so let's let's hope it stays that way. Drew what are your thoughts on all this on and off COVID list the Xavier Howard situation and uh, overall take on what's going on in the late portions of August. 
Okay, so first off, I'd like to comment with the Jets having 10 players that I mentioned on Twitter, uh, falsely positive. Anything from the Jets is going to be a false positive because there is no positivity <laughs> there. So let's start off with that. <laughs> so moving, moving on, uh, Xavier Howard, he's going to take time. Obviously, the knee was a lot bigger than a lot of us thought. We thought he basically went off the list just because of what last year was, but obviously there are some issues there. Hopefully he gets back on the field because, I mean, he, you put him and Jones together, that's a lockdown set for sure. But the Dolphins have a lot of money going in that DB room. So hopefully everybody gets ready and is on time for camp. So or, now let's yeah. talk about the DB room. If, of course, you know, let's say week one, week two, Xavier Howard does not show up there. We heard a couple of different takes, you know, Omar Kelly today, you know, mentioned some guys uh, like a Jamal Perry that may be kind of sliding into that role, maybe as the third cornerback. You know, obviously, you know, we spoke about this show and numerous Dolphin podcasts about Nick Needham being battling with Noah Ibanagani and even a Cameron Wolf kind of mentioned that as that could be a nice head-to-head -head battle. So, Drew, stick with you. Uh, do you see a, a, a preference or a front runner in this kind of uh, – Who's the third cornerback here for the Dolphins? I would say probably Nick Needham picks up where he left off last year, unless camp is really not going well. The reason I say that is because he was there last year. Camp is a lot shorter this year, so guys aren't having the same opportunities to kind of move up the depth chart. Uh, when we talk about O-line, Flores had some comments on that that I'll, I'll wait till we get there. But uh, with the shortened season, it's going to be a lot harder for a rookie or – somebody who hasn't already been in that starting role to slide in, I think, this year. At least games one and two. I see it happening later on for a few more weeks, but by then hopefully Howard's back. Brian, what, what do we do when your mind of Howard is not on the, on the field week one? So I think the first thing that we really need to talk about on that is these guys are going to rotate because this is going to be like preseason game one, week one in New England that's actually going to count. So you're going to see a lot of these guys anyway. Um, you know, Omar Kelly said today that uh, formerly Jamal Wiltz, now Jamal Perry, I always get that confused, right? He is um, looking like he's going to be the nickel back. I've heard that from other sources. I think uh, Wingfield has said that. But Nick Needham has been um, a camp star thus far. So Igbenogany has been a camp star. So, you know, they're definitely fighting it out. They're cross-training everywhere. So, uh, I'm just I, – I'm not making a big deal of it. I think that we're going to see a lot of four corners. We're going to see, I think, Rowe and, and even McCain are going to move around. I, I, I think that the best players are going to be on the field. I think Needham's going to be in there and uh, a lot, you know, and Igbenogany is going to see a lot of playing time. I think they both have high ceilings. Uh, from what I'm hearing from Kim, I, I, you know, Nick Needham – undrafted free agent out of UTEP a year ago, being the star of year two, one of the stars of year two camp is just a, a reason to get excited, even though we have two outdoor outside corners that cost $20 million a year, you know, getting this, this kid from UTEP is just really exciting. And there's going to be a lot of talent at corner. I'm not really too concerned who's going to play where at this point. We'll, we'll see how it shakes. Yeah. I think by week eight, I don't think we're going to know, you know, because I think that's how Flores coaches a defense is these guys are going to be all over the place. And hopefully the offensive coordinators won't know where they're going to line up. 
You need a number of lockdown-style cornerbacks in a Brian Flores defensive backfield scheme. And I'll tell you, it's a very good thing to have if you're in a division like the AFC West or the NFC South, where these quarterbacks and receivers are, are, are incendiary speed and arm power guys. And now we're talking about a lockdown corner group in arguably the worst overall quarterback division in the league. So that just spikes that value. Now, Omar mentioned a couple of players who have been standing out. I think it is across the board. Everyone has said that the two wide receivers, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, has been standing out. You mentioned Needham. Isaiah Ford has been fighting for that third wide receiver. You put up a great poll today, Bri, on Twitter, fanatics-wise, about who's going to lead the Dolphins in receptions. Isaiah Ford. Drew, do we think that Isaiah Ford can get into that slot role or maybe even content to be that third guy in the eyes of whoever the quarterback will be? I think so. I mean, he, he was much more improved last year than before. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Preston and Devontae are going to be taking the majority of the catches. I think they're going to start moving Devontae around a lot more this year as opposed to last year. Chan Gailey has kind of a – Chan Gilly's not going to tell them how to run the routes. You just got to be in the spots. So I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to play out with, obviously, we're going to have more slants if and when Tua starts than we are initially with Fitzpatrick. So that's where I think it's going to get interesting. Brian, thoughts there? Yeah, uh, I mean, Isaiah Ford consistently is being a star of camp. Um, he came on late last year, you know, with Hearns in, in – uh, um, why, yeah, Wilson opting out. I think Ford's going to definitely – he's making this team for sure. I think he's going to see a lot of playing time. Um, he's he, he's not only been a star on the field during training camp, but uh, just like, you know, Devontae Parker last year, he really picked up his nutrition game. He put on uh, – he's up to 200 pounds of, of muscle. So I think we're going to – can expect big things from him. Um, you know, the other, the other point would be – uh, that Omar actually brought up today, and I know Jason and I have been saying this all year, is that Mike Kosicki is going to be our slot receiver. He's going to he's going to be what Alan Hearns was last year, um, and I think you, I, I think we can just take tight end pretty much off his his name. You know, it's it's going to be cool in fantasy to have him at tight end, but I think he's mainly going to be a wide receiver. Um, but yeah, I, I think Parker definitely takes takes charge of that poll. He is winning it. At, 59%. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you got to love that Ford has really stepped up in the absence of Hearns and uh, Wilson. I do love that. And, you know, if you have to distribute kind of roles for the receivers, I'd be very, very happy if Preston leads the team in touchdowns, Parker in yards, and Gasicki and Ford are battling out for that 75 to 85 reception battle. But, you know, that's a great poll to keep track of. We'll do that. And as many good position battles and as great as certain players have been playing, a lot of people are saying, what about Jason Strobridge? What about Curtis Weaver? Brandon Jones? I mean, the points have been made that in a COVID climate, we, not, we don't have the ability to see everything like we did last season, a couple of preseason games under the belt. So there's got to be what brings me into my main point before we talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick is patience. And the patience that I think we need as a fan base, especially this year and in this situation for the Miami Dolphins and this year two of the rebuild, the retool, or whatever you want to call it, is the fact that we need to not freak when a quarterback whose fifth practice wasn't great. We need to not freak when a wide receiver coming off an ACL 
was on a day off. And for an individual who's 37 years old and been in the league for 27 years pretty much and has 13 kids, I'm exaggerating, if he misses a day of practice, it's okay. Different teams without Fitzpatrick, with Fitzpatrick. Brian, stick with you for now. What did you notice in hearing from the reporters out there and the differentiation of a practice with Ryan Fitzpatrick and without Ryan Fitzpatrick? I first I have to talk about how funny Friday was. I don't know why, but Friday I was a little less plugged into Twitter than I, I normally am. Um, and when I saw all the reports of like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick moved to Canada or was abducted by aliens or I, I don't know what they thought that a 37 year old was doing on a Friday besides taking a day off because he's 37 years old and, you know, he doesn't need every day of training camp, but the, you know, the, the talkings of we brought Jake Rudock in and maybe it's because Fitzpatrick was retiring or we're trading Rosen. It, was, it just got really crazy Friday. It was kind of funny. Um, and then, you know, he came back Saturday and as everyone's been saying, and I expected this, there's not a battle for the number one quarterback job yet. I didn't, there is, it's just not a battle. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick's job. I, I, I knew that when we signed Chan Gailey, I knew we were going to draft Tua. And I also knew that there wasn't going to be a real competition until, you know, I, I see the competition starting around week eight or nine. Um, in the, with this across the board though, you know, the O-line, the, the Stowbridge, the Brandon Jones, the Curtis Weaver, we're, we had our first padded week of practice and we're only three weeks away from the season starting. Um, you know, usually they get these guys by this point of the year have had so much playing time. They've been together so much. They've been on the field together. It just, this is a really weird time and it's going to take a little bit of time before um, we can really, you know, like everyone ha hated Mike Kosicki after year one because he didn't become the, you know, we have to put that like double that time because these kids just did not get a chance to practice. They have less time to actually practice. So like, it's going to take a little bit longer for them to develop. So, you know, when, when week one, if Austin Jackson allows a sack, it's not because he's awful. It's, it's a crazy time and it's going to take some time for all this to gel, but the Fitzpatrick stuff was funny, but I think the main point is that everybody really needs to realize is this is not a quarterback competition. And I think a lot of people still think, a lot of Miami Dolphins fans still think that there's a chance Tua could start week one. I know like nope. we had we had uh, uh, Jason Taylor's sister, Joy Taylor, on the dad joke of the day. She said that Tua was going to start week one. This isn't a competition. It's, it's not something in play. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick's team for quite some time. Uh, I would say Mulligan the first month. He's not even going to be considered for those first four games. We'll see what happens after then. Patience. Drew, I want to get your opinion on it. You seem to me like one of the more patient people out there, even keel. So up, down, I like you right in the middle. What are you thinking here with the patience aspect of this team? Okay. I'll, uh, I, I think I agree hundred percent. It's just practice at the end of the day. Uh, Jimmy G threw five interceptions in a row at practice, everybody lost their mind the beginning of last season. And the 49ers ended up in a Super Bowl. So you can't freak out about, you know, especially practice interceptions. I'm glad they're intercepting him. I'm glad he's not throw, throwing a fit like uh, Tannehill did when he got intercepted in practice by practice squad guys. Now, with all that said, there is no QB competition week one. Everybody knows that. Chan Gailey, it's going to be his offense. However, if 
Ryan Fitzpatrick pulls one of his five or six interception games, which he has done, week two, there could very well be a, co a competition or at least the beginnings of one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love watching Fitzpatrick, but it's a lot like gambling. It could go up, it could go down, but it won't be boring. That's a great way of saying it. And speaking of gambling, another poll to maybe kind of put in the you know, foreground for the Fanatics, Brian, would be maybe the over-under of quarterback games. You set them in each quarterback, maybe 13-and-a-half for Fitzpatrick, uh, two-and-a-half for Rosen, and .5 for Tua. It's a strategic over-under. But moving on, I want to stick on to that 15 minutes. Uh, a very sad thing to report. The TNT wall has been painted over. <laughs> and uh, I think it was a miss. I think the Dolphin organization should have retained the wall. And if you want to get rid of it, you break it up into pieces. I would have spent 20 bucks for a four by four. But anyway, it's gone. What do you think uh, the new motivations? Was it time constraints, Drew? What's your thoughts on the no more TNT wall? Uh, I think there's two parts to it. One is definitely time constraints. Flores said as much that he's still getting on them, but he's getting on them in the meeting room. And they are still concerned with penalties and stuff. But two, I think year one, he was wanting to instill a certain mindset that he has in there now with the young rookies. Bry, thoughts on the TNT wall, and we'll get out of here on the 15. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sad it's gone. I like it. It would have – Deer and Tua should have been running to it the other day, but your time constraints, whatever. I'm sure if – He'll think of new creative ways to to enforce it when these if these guys are slacking, but maybe they're not slacking like they were last year, and they don't need that little, you know, that that wall. I'll take that. Works for us. So that's our 15 minute fourth quarter for this week that was. And guys, gals, make sure you subscribe to the Fanatics Miami Dolphin podcast. Leave us a review. Follow us on YouTube. You can find us there at youtube.com backslash Fanatics Network. You know us on Twitter, fan underscore addicts. And of course, once again, our sponsor, thrivefantasy.com. Use the promo code Fanatics when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, they're available on Apple and Android. Hashtag prop up today. So, Bri, Drew, thanks everyone out there listening. Hopefully, you guys have a good rest of your weekend. Fins up, everyone. Fins up, everybody. Fins up. This episode brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, available in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Use the promo code FINADICS when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today.